Welcome to another episode of Living Your Sparked Second Half. We are getting sparked this week and next. So if you haven't heard, my Ignite Your Second Half Soul free video series is now available. It released yesterday. It's only available for a very short time. If you are someone who doesn't feel sparked and you would like to start dipping your toe into the waters of possibility and what being sparked could mean for you, what you could potentially do in the time you have left, then it's really training that I highly recommend. I already have women going through there. It's pre-recorded. You can take it whenever you want to take it. It's not like you have to show up live for any particular trainings. I think it's actually the best way to consume training because then you don't miss it because it's at your uh, best time and, and the cracks, like I say, like to say, of your time that works for you best. There will be live sessions that you can join and talk to me, ask me questions. There'll be additional insights that I get from what you ask and what the people that are taking the training are posting. We have a Facebook group. It's optional. You don't have to get in the Facebook group. But when you are in the Facebook group, it's just so much better because you meet other women and you get insights from other women just like you. And so today's episode, because I'm in the throes of that, uh, is something that I want to talk about because a lot of women who need this or don't feel sparked usually don't take action. They usually don't go and sign up for a free training to help them because they're too scared. But some are in there and some are admitting that they're scared. In fact, I had a conversation with one in a comment and she said she was afraid to change, which I thought was great because she's aware that she's afraid to change. A lot of people aren't aware. They're just not taking any action. They don't understand why, but it's just the way the brain works, wants to keep you safe. Even though positive change would come from the steps that you would take, but like by ta- taking a free training. And then I said, well, aren't you afraid of staying the same? And she said, oh, yeah, yeah, definitely that too. So it's interesting, isn't it, that most people who are coming into this free training describe themselves as stuck. They say they're stuck. And isn't that a great perspective of you can't change because you're too scared? So you're scared of making the change, but you're also scared of staying the same. So you're at a crossroads. It's like you got one foot on one side of the river and one foot on the other side and the water's rising and it doesn't look good. So change has to come. And what I've have found is if you don't ultimately make a change, then something happens. The universe intervenes and forces change. And sometimes it's not great change. But just to get you out of that stuck place, and sometimes it can be things like a health scare, a cancer diagnosis, a layoff, a car accident, I mean, it can be not good. So my question, if this resonates, 
and you're in that spot where you feel stuck and you're scared to do one thing, you're scared to do the other thing, is to just know that you're not in the right place and you'll never get into the right place unless it's forced on you or you decide that you're going to take the step no matter how hard that is. And that's why I like this free training because it's an easy step. It's a simple step. But so many people sign up and then never participate. I know I do that with training too. So I am not going to judge anybody for that. It is time consuming. You've got to watch videos. And there is homework. Again, that's optional. But the more you do, the more it'll sink in, the more you'll get the aha moments, the insights, et cetera. And so what I want to talk about specifically today in this episode is that person who's in this state. There are other states that I I will say I've created these roles. And if you go through the training, you'll learn what role you're playing. But this role is the one where you're like the worse off because you're just not happy and you're not doing anything about it. And so if you're somebody who is this person, I call this person a scared settler, because doesn't it make sense? They're scared and they're settling. So if you are a scared settler, which a majority of the people who take my quiz are, then you are taking action if you're in the free training. So pat yourself on the back. But why I would like you to listen to this episode is that I want you to continue to take action and not stop. You're going to have momentum now. And so I would love for you to sit back, put your feet up and listen to this episode because I'm going to share the 10 signs that you're afraid of change, but you're not changing even if you're unhappy. What are those 10 signs? How can you tell this is you? You can take my quiz or you can pay attention and some of these signs will resonate with you. So listen in and see if you recognize these signs, then at the end, I'd like you to be inspired to take some sort of action so that the universe doesn't intervene. (laughs) That is what I would prefer for you. All right. Your choice on your terms, not something that puts you in bed for a few weeks, because then you'll have to think about it and make some changes. So here we go. Let's hear the signs. Hi, I'm Lori Wright, also known as Not Your Average Grandma. I created this podcast as a place for women in their second half of life to go to to receive inspiration. If you are at a place where you believe your best days are behind you, it is my hope one of these episodes will spark you to think differently and lead you to a new belief that your second half may actually be your best half. I want you to stop seeing your age as a limitation and start seeing it as your superpower. You have years of experience and value that the younger you never had. So it's time to lean into that and use it to fuel your future. No more letting age or circumstances hold you back from the pursuit of a more fulfilling and fun life. The happier we are, the better the world will be. So instead of settling for what you don't want, how about going after what you do want? Listen in and let something you hear prompt you to take the first step in making the rest your best. All right, I'm ready to share the 10 signs that you may be 
afraid of change, even if you are unhappy. You'd think if we were unhappy, we would make a change, right? We think, I am not happy, so I'm going to do something about it. But we get into such a rut, and it's more painful in our human brain, more painful to try to change than to stay where we are. We'd rather just sit in our little corner, (laughs) suck our thumb, honestly, because adults don't do that. But if you think about it, that's kind of what you're doing. You're just staying in one place, too scared to do anything about it. And I can so relate to this because this was me. I came up, this was the first role when I was thinking about, oh, how can I help the old me, the people out there who are struggling how I was struggling? And then I thought, well, I just need to sit down and describe what that was. What was I feeling? How was I acting? What was the thing that made me take finally that step towards major transformation in my life? And I started thinking it was finally when the universe didn't intervene, I decided that I didn't want to live like that anymore. When the fear of staying the same became greater than the fear of change. Because our brain can't ever imagine something better. Because if we're miserable or you don't have to be so miserable. And that's part of the problem. You're not so miserable because I think people who are so, so miserable are going to finally do something. But it's the people that are in this kind of like mediocre state that don't do anything about it because they're like, what if it could be worse? If you're miserable, you're already worse. But if you're mediocre, you're like, well, what if it could be worse? And that's all we focus on is what if it could be worse? If we're not thinking about what if it could be better? Our mind never goes there. Our human brain stays in the place of fear, fear mongering. And it puts us in this little bubble and it wants us to just stay safe. And the brain thinks, don't rock the boat. Don't upset the apple cart. Stay where you are. Don't sink the ship. So that's what's going on in your brain to protect you. So it's just natural that if well, I'm scared if I go in either direction that you wouldn't go in either direction. But it's when the the shift happens where I can't live like this anymore. Something's got to give. And that's when the action happens. So maybe some of these women who have come into this free training I'm doing are at that point. And I hope they are because it's about time to not live a mediocre life. So one of the things that I'm going to do in this episode, which I have never done, I don't think on a podcast episode, is I'm going to share my screen. And if you're on audio, you'll be at a little bit of a disadvantage, but I'll try to be as descriptive as possible. But you can also go check out either my Facebook page, Not Your Average Grandma, or my Instagram, which is not underscore your underscore average underscore grandma. You can go there and look for the post of this sad cartoonish person. And it says anatomy of a scared settler. 
Or you can go to my YouTube channel and search on Not Your Average Grandma. So you can watch this on my YouTube channel. But I'm going to share my screen real quick so I can walk through this image and what the 10 signs are. Okay, here we go. So this is my Instagram. So I just pulled the image up. And this is, I mean, look how sad she looks. If you're on audio, she's sad. She's got her hands clutching like up to her chest, kind of near her heart. And that's a great look to show what a scared seller is because she's not leaning into her heart. Her heart is aching. Her heart is broken for the life that she could be living that she's not. So that is such a great image of what this person feels like. And she's just really sad. She just looks not bright and happy, not joyful. She's not walking around making people want to go talk to her. In fact, people are probably avoiding her or maybe saying, are you okay? So that is the light that isn't shining when you are a scared settler. The dimmed light. So there's this almost a shadow that is cast over you. So here are the 10 things. If you're watching my YouTube channel, you'll see them all at the same time. But I'm going to go around. I guess it's counterclockwise. Number one, isn't happy, but pretends to be. A big faker. That's what a scared settler is. The scared seller just tries. And people who are people readers and see her, they probably can tell that she's faking it. Because when she smiles, it's not an authentic smile. And why it's not an authentic smile is because when you are a scared settler, you're not living your true self. Your true self is joyful, happy, and aligned with their soul and is doing the things in life that they're really meant to do, that they came here to do, that is lighting them up. And when you're not doing that and you're faking it and you're pretending, you're not connected to your soul. You're not genuine. So that's number one. Number two, wishes for something different. And this is something that can be fleeting, but it comes up a lot. I was doing some research for a training I did a few months ago, and it's interesting because I can't remember specifically the statistic, but it was pretty high. It was like upwards of, I think, high 50s, almost 60% of Americans think and wonder about something else. Like, what if I could do something else? What if there was something different in my life? at least once a month. And something like uh, around 25% was like daily, <laughs> daily. So this usually comes up if you're really a busy person. A lot of times when we're not happy, we distract ourselves with busyness. So it usually comes up when you're quiet, when you're like driving in your car or you're cooking dinner or when you aren't doing some busy task when your mind has a chance to go there. So is that you? Are you wishing for something different? Three, is too scared to do what she really wants to do. And that's like I said, too scared to take the steps, 
to change because what she has to do is different and that's scary. But in this case, she has an inkling. She has an inkling of what she needs to do. Like me, I knew that I needed to get a divorce or at least to separate. I needed to separate from my ex-husband. And that was a really scary thing to do. But I thought about it a lot. I wished for something different a lot. I pretended to be happy, but I wasn't. And I was too scared to do what I really wanted to do. Number four, she suppresses her real feelings. So this is kind of like number one, but a little different where she isn't happy, but pretends to be. The difference is that suppressing your real feelings, faking happiness is a little bit different than suppressing her real feelings. She's not being honest and your real feelings can be sadness, can be crying, can be grief, can be something that you're not showing. And so this goes on to a little deeper level where you're hiding. And that goes back to you're not being authentic. You're hiding who you really are. You're not able to express yourself. And sometimes this is because of fear of judgment or fear of um, upsetting the apple cart, like I said. Fear of, for me, it was like we've never had divorce in our family. His parents, my parents, my sister, it was just nobody in our immediate family had ever been divorced. And so I suppressed my real feelings about my desire for divorce because I just felt that that was wrong. It was morally wrong, right? I made a commitment, but I, w I wasn't being authentic by hiding that. Five, puts others' feelings ahead of her own. And this one is very common among mothers because that's what we do pretty much our whole life. We've put our kids' feelings ahead of ours. I remember after my kids grew up and left home, one of the weirdest things was going shopping because every single time I went to the store for 20 some years, I always bought my kids something. <laughs> didn't buy anything for myself. I'm talking more clothes. When they left home and I started going clothes shopping, I was like, well, this is weird. This is so weird buying something for myself. I remember having that aha moment where, wow, it's been a long time since I've done something for myself. So your kids want something their feelings become a priority, right? I want to make them happy. I can put my happiness aside. I can suppress my needs and my feelings because I don't want them to feel bad or I want them to have the happiness they deserve when it's at the expense of your happiness, which is not good. Because what are you modeling for them? You're modeling that they should do the same for their kids. And then they're going to be unhappy at some point. Number six, goes along to get along. Right? This is where you get invited to something and then you feel guilty if you say no. This is a people pleaser. Essentially, this is somebody who can't say no. This is somebody who doesn't set boundaries. And so you go along to get along because you don't want anybody to get mad at you. 
And you're, again, putting your priorities last on the list. Number seven, worries about what others will think or do. And this stops so many people. Families have such opinions. And when we want to do something that makes us happy, there's an opinion everywhere. And usually it's an opinion that we shouldn't be doing what we're doing. And I know most people mean well, but you have to lean in to your heart and stop listening to everybody else because nobody knows what is best for you except you, you and your soul. So tune into your soul and tune out the family members that are thinking they're helping you, but they're really not because we end up and Part of the reason we got where we are is because we wanted to make people proud and we went in the direction of their dreams and hopes, hopes and dreams for us and not our own. Because what they wanted for us, like our parents dream for us to be successful in a career, whatever it might be, we wanted them to be happy. Just like we went from wanting our parents to be happy to wanting our kids to be happy. (laughs) and if you got married young like me at 22 there wasn't any time in between I often think that the people who wait longer to get married and have that gap they are able to learn so much about themselves and perhaps follow their own path before they get into going right into the next pleasing situation Number eight, keeps doing what doesn't make her happy. Yep. It's like the quote that the definition of insanity is to keep doing the same thing over and over and expecting a different result, right? So we keep doing the same things, which is usually taking no action on figuring out why we're unhappy. So we're just doing the busy stuff and our to-do list is filled with all the wrong things. We're making progress on somebody else's goals, but we're not making progress on what makes us happy. So we're continuing to do the same things over and over, just like the hamster on the wheel and stay in this mediocre place. Number nine, feels guilty for not being happy. Like mom guilt, right? We have child guilt and then we move into mom guilt. So we carry that guilt around with us and it's almost like a shield to protect us because we're scared. So I'm going to feel guilty and then I won't make any changes because I don't want to hurt anybody's feelings. If I do this thing, it's going to maybe affect other people's lives. My divorce certainly affected other people's lives. So I felt guilty that I couldn't make myself happy. I felt guilty, like what's wrong with me? Why can't I be happy with what I have? And I think I appreciated what I had, but when you think about it, it was all external, materialistic stuff. And so 
we sh- we think we should be happy because we have all these things, but things don't make us happy. What's inside that lights up our soul is what makes us happy. So we feel guilty because we have all these things. I have a nice house. I have nice cars. I have a good job. I have a nice husband. What's wrong with me? It's Is there something wrong with me? But what's wrong with me is I wasn't following my gut, my heart. I was on the wrong path in life, misaligned from my authentic self. And I had to go and find her. And I had to divorce in order to do that. I couldn't find her in the situation I was in. And it wasn't until I realized that and said, I don't want to get to the end of my life and have regrets that I didn't at least try, at least try to figure out why I'm not happy. And number 10, she makes all of her decisions from her head and not her heart. And this is the one that I think most people aren't aware of because we ask everybody for advice and we even ask our, I call her my inner critic. We ask ourselves for advice, but the advice is always from this analytical and looking at and analyzing from the only what I've known perspective. So I've lived a life, but my life is very narrow when you think about it. When you think of all the people in the world and all the opportunities in the world and all the things that all these different people, billions of people and thousands of cultures, and you think of all those lived experiences, and I, I'm just a little little bitty fleck on the planet of this one little lived experience. And so my analytical mind is analyzing the only thing that I can see forward in terms of change is what I've, I've known from my very small lived experience. The people I've met, the things I've read, the things I've seen on TV, very, very small. I can't see, my analytical brain can't see all the things it hasn't seen. But my soul has, and my soul knows. So my soul has answers. But we poo-poo it because we never listen. We're so busy, we keep that part of us shut off. And so it was hard for me, who was a very logical thinker, this is just a human thing and it happens because we're unaware. And then once you learn this, you can't not be aware because you're always kind of double checking. You know, is this something that I'm talking myself out of? Is it something I'm talking myself into? And you start to ask yourself questions like, well, what if there was another possibility? What if something that I didn't even know was possible. So you start to ask yourself these questions 
and you start to think more broadly and be more open to the possibilities of change that aren't within your control and be okay with that. It's like, I can be okay with that because it's going to be cool. If you trust that it's going to be cool instead of like dread that it's going to be like, oh my God, which is where our mind goes and our logic brain goes there. And so you have to get out of your logic brain and the fear that it comes that it comes with the purse of fear. <laughs> your logic brain is like this visitor that never leaves and it has a, a suitcase of fear. And you need to just say, hey, go in your room, walk the door. I'm gonna listen to my heart for a bit. Tune into that. But that's what the scared settler doesn't know how to do. We've lost the ability and we had it when we were children. We come with it into this world and then life takes a hold of us and we lose it. And so that's where and probably the biggest sign that I would say that you need to look for is how much are you talking yourself out of the things that are actually coming from your heart? And how much are you allowing people, and they might love you and have very good intentions, but how much are you allowing them to make your decisions for you? And how much are you blocking the messages that are coming from your heart? And the scared settler, as soon as she leans into her heart, there, it's like there's no fear. There's no fear. Because when you lean into your heart and you learn that that is the direction you need to go and you trust it, then the sky's the limit. You won't be you won't be scared anymore. And I find that when you take these little steps towards change and start to experiment with, oh, I did this and this happened and it was so much better than what I thought, you start to be brave with the next thing, the next changes that you need to make. So just you just have to learn this and understand it. And then this awareness comes. And once you have the awareness, you start getting these downloads, you start getting these messages and you start taking action. And it's just this, this amazing momentum you get when you just start to understand it all. So that is what I wanted to share today. And that is what we are talking about inside the Ignite Your Second Half Soul training. And like I said, the video series is available right now. This episode is airing October 17th. So get in there if you're listening now or within the next week. So you can take advantage of it and watch it. And then it goes away until 2024. Hope this inspired you to do something to stop being a scared settler. Thank you so much for tuning into the Living Your Spark Second Half podcast. 
If you'd like to watch my guest interviews, you can find the video version of this podcast on my Not Your Average Grandma YouTube channel. Also, you can check out what I have going on at the moment by going to my website at notyouraveragegrandma.com or find me on Instagram or Facebook at Not Your Average Grandma. If you like this episode, please mention it to a friend and don't forget to leave a review so I know the topics you like best and can bring you more of that content in upcoming episodes. Last but not least, remember to always listen to that inner voice that will never steer you wrong and make living from the most sparked place possible your biggest priority. When we do that, we make the world a better place.